Yes, we are ready. Yes, yes we, so we are ready. ready. Jroot Radio, jrootradio.com. Uh, Jroot Communication Network. I'm <laughs> going to have it happen. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. You know something? I have this thing, Nisi, and I, when I have a feeling... I have a dream. Ah, I have a dream. <laughs> okay. But I write down, when I, when I have a thought, I write it down. I always carry around a book. Someone once asked me, what am I writing? So I write thoughts and things that things that I think about. So I'm sitting there and and I, I then I go back and I and I and I and I read some of the things that I wrote and some of them I was thinking like this. This is my this is my my recent thought. If we want to be like Hashem. What does Hashem do all day? All day He gives love. That's all Hashem does. He gives and gets love. Even the terrible things that happen, Chazal say, they are to get people to feel closer to Hashem, to cry to Hashem, to come to Hashem. To look to Hashem. That's all Hashem does. He gives us love. He gets love. And I see, I walk down the street and I see, it drives me, it makes me crazy. How much chesed from Hashem. I'll see an Asian woman. An Asian woman. Okay, I say Asian woman, why? Because I could generally pretty much say she's not Jewish. Okay? I mean, I don't, there maybe are some but if you see him waiting on the bus stop by the goodest base Binyamin on Avenue L, with like, uh, like uh, she's probably not Jewish. And she has two children, and she's laughing with her children, and she's smiling, and she has joy, and her children are happy, and they're eating snacks. They have olamazeh. They're enjoying the world. Hashem gave them those snacks. Hashem gave her those children. Hashem gave her that joy. And in Malahagid, the the joy of being Amanivchar is on a different level. It's different. But the joy of motherhood, the joy of childhood, and I, I said, what a chesed. What a chesed. Hashem just gives love. It just gives me chizik. Yes. It gives me physic and and you know you know I think that that doesn't mean Hashem doesn't you know he does teach us lessons but but I think that I think that that's what we need to we need to 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 understand and I was speaking to Harav Gamliel Rabinovich today and I asked him about making peace between two people I said I need a segula for peace. And he told me something that totally blew my mind. I was just telling Nisim. What was his sigula for peace? To be afraid of Hashem. He said, baruchu. I said, fear Hashem? He, I said, Yirat Shamaim? He says, no, not Yirat Shamaim. Yirat Shamaim is a Yirat Shaba'ava. That means loving Hashem with love. Like I 
worry and I'm afraid when my mother, Almei comes to my house. I'm worried that everything should be okay, nothing should be in the way, that everything should be set up, that she should be happy and she shouldn't be disappointed. That's your Ashba'ahava. He was talking about pahad, re'ada, shaking in your boots. I said, what does that mean? He said, because if we would think for one second, sinat Yisrael, he said, Sinat Yisrael is the worst Avera in the Torah. And he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings down the worst, worst Takalot for such a thing. So if a person wants to know what to do if they feel like they're getting into Machloket, think about the fact that Hashem is really dissatisfied. I just want to disturb you, and we have a very, very special guest. Oh, I hope it's who I think it is. Hello, you are there. Laser? Laser Diamond. Laser Diamond, I miss we you miss so you. much. I was very busy a lot, I'm sorry. That's good, that's good. Being busy is good. How are you doing, yeah. my tzaddik, my friend? Baruch Hashem, you know, you're getting good message. No, it's not. It's not. And people make it very easy. But the question is, you, you know, the Chazal wrote Svarim on Bitochen. And if it was such a simple thing, yeah. then, the, then you know, like, why would, if, if, you know, it, it's very hard. But you know what? It takes a big, big, big man to admit that. Yeah, because I work in a job, and my boss says, never pay to me. I don't know where he lives. But you know what? He, a person has to down the Kav's chus, and a person has to be makarev, and a person has to understand. And the fact is that that we, we, we have to just give people the benefit of the doubt. And and if he says, never pay to you, never on him. Never on him. I start laughing. Yeah, start laughing. You know, maybe start crying because you feel bad for it as a shaman. I mean to say, I don't get angry at him. It yeah. means I just ignore him. Can I, rem- can, I rem- can I remind you something? Laser Diamond, yeah. around eight months ago, you called up here and you said, I get so angry when my boss yells at me. I get so nervous. Look how much you grew. Yeah. Look at you. You need to be proud of yourself. I know that, oh, I am. I, I, I love Jews like you. I love people like you. I really do. Right. You give me a chizik, Laser. Have a good night. You too, you too. Thank you so much. And Thank I you. want to tell you something that besides this, nobody can take nothing from you. Everything that should belong to you, it will belong to you. We come to sure. you from this door and another door. Somebody's thinking that he's take from you is really silly. It will come to for another place. Correct? Yep. Anyways. This is these are these are the people that make make life special. Anyways, that uh so you know I have a situation where I have a young man, and I'm in touch with him. He's in an institution because he has a certain problem 
or he has to be there. And he's 20 years old. And he got my number. And Hashem gave me a gift, I remember, people. He calls me. So why did he call me? He remembered me from when I was in his school when he was 11 years old. And he remembered I was nice to him. And he needs a therapist, so he wants to know if I'll speak to him. And I'm speaking to him. And this boy, he has a he has a syndrome. He has to be in a certain place. He can't be out of this place. If not, it's Sakana Mavet. He's the only Jew there. He's the only from boy there. He has his food. They bring him food. His bacher comes, takes him Davin. He's all alone. And he's got such an attitude. So now, I asked him, who visits you? He goes, really nobody. His brothers, sisters, no, they don't really come. His mother's older, she comes once a month. So nobody comes? No, I'm, I guess I'm really not fun to visit. I said, oh boy, are you lonely? He gives me a reason, a kavzuchut, for each one of his siblings. This one has a lot of kids. This one has a hard job. This one doesn't travel. This one doesn't drive. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. They don't call. Maybe they can't afford a cell phone. You know, it's expensive to call cell phones nowadays. I looked at him and I said, you give me such chizik. Because... Kav zechut. That's the definition of kav zechut. Not kav zechut, like easy. Oh yeah, whatever, you know. When it hurts. And when you really, when you really, in your heart, you think that they really, they really don't have a reason. Then it says, have you done it? Kol adam kav zechut. Rosh says, do it anyways. Because that's what you need to do. Because that's what you need to do. And I can't say the guy's name, but I wish, I wish I could give a shout out to him because I really, he's very special. And, and I want, I told him that I want him to, he's going to set an example. He's going to, he's going to set an example. And we're going to show the world with his attitude. And I think so. I think that's what we're going to do. By the way, if you want to call in, the number to call in is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And if you want to text in, 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. We love getting texts. If they're too shy and you don't want to call or uh, if you have something to say, Um I don't know. I'm looking at the board. I don't know. Do we have anything? Anything? Uh... Anyways, but uh, we have a question. We have a lot of callers, but they don't want to talk. Just they don't so want right to now. talk. So, yes, just listen. So ah. I won't. so well, let's let's you know what I know that I disturb you with in uh, in the in the middle of uh, talking about Rabbi Gamliel. So let's continue with so, topic. So so this is this is an unbelievable thing. 
an unbelievable thing. And you know what? A person, if they would understand what what the Hakash Baruch Hu loves us and only gives love, and when we make machloket, when we make machloket over anything, it's like when you see Lavdil, two children, not Lavdil, it's Amit Amito, two children fighting. It hurts because you can't choose between your two children. You can't, and 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 the 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 shleimut of Hashem, the shleimut of the world, is based on that continuum. It says, "Yotzer or shalom That Hashem first made or and choshech, then He made shalom, and from shalom. So what does that mean? The shalom is the the connection between the positive and the negative in the atom. Hashem is constantly making shalom between the positive and the negative in the atom. And that energy that's undefinable, unrecognizable, no one knows where it comes from, that keeps the separate keeps the keeps the atom together. That's the fusion of the world, and that's the shalom. Hashem keeps that shalom, and we have we know what happens when we split it. We split the atom. That's the atom bomb. Through the shleimut of Hakadosh Baruch Hu keeping it together, the whole world, everything that exists, every object, animate, inanimate. Exists based on that. And then it, it branches out. You have everything is Masa'u Matan. The water has its back and forth. You have water, air. You have, you have, you have, you have, you have white cells, red cells. You have everything. All neurons. All neurotransmitters have positives and negatives. So what's the Oren Choshech? What's the Oren Choshech? What's the Oren Choshech? So, the Oren Choshech is Am Yisrael, the Torah, and the Amin, and the world. By the Torah, by we have no reciprocity, no back and forth with the world. We exist individually on our own, and that's how that's how we exist. And and that's that's the unbelievable thing. That that's that's You understand this text? No. <laughs> What's this channel about? It's about the chat or maybe it could mean the chat about about being a Jew and being a peace and being doing shalom. I think it's just about being Human, human being, better, be, finding the better good. You know what? I heard something today that really, really, it really, it really made me think. It's it's a statement. I don't know who said it, but now I said it <laughs> because I wrote it down. Um, and if I could find it, I send emails to myself. You should try that. It's good. I think it's something I sent. I I, I write an email to myself. Because this way I can, uh, I remember it. And I have to find the email that I sent to myself. Um, but the 
the statement is, as the perceiver changes, the perceived changes. If we want something to change, we have to change the way we look at it. That's the only way we could ever change anything, is we have to change the way we look at something. Because that's, that's it. Otherwise, if we look at things the same way, if we keep ourselves only one way, then it doesn't, then we, then we will never change anything. And there's, there's a, a, a famous story that, that it was, it, it's a true story, but there was this school in Texas where they had this group of kids, students, they were like the worst kids. No one could teach them. No one could teach them. So they had this young teacher. She came in. She's a young teacher. And she wasn't experienced. And they figured, you know what? Hey, we finally got a guinea pig. So let's give her this group of losers. No one else wanted to teach them. So she taught them. And she succeeded with them. Unbelievable. She got such success that no one ever got. So at the end of the year, the principal calls her in and says, you know, we really are shocked by your success. We're, we're really blown away by how, how you succeed. What technique did you use? So she said, I don't understand. You gave me a list of their IQs. You gave me a list of their intelligence tests. This kid, 132. 132, he's got to do well. This kid, 127, 124. With IQs like this, you expected them not to do good? The principal looked at her and said, those are locker numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) That was a list of their locker numbers, and she thought they were their IQs. Wow. And she taught them accordingly. And in my own life, I... I could tell you, I wish I had three brothers came to a school, Kings Bay, when I was there, and we evaluated them. And the older brother was very bright, the younger brother was very bright, the middle brother was not. So the principal, who was my boss, said, I really don't want to take the middle brother. I said, You can't do that. He says, I know. So what should I do? I said, I'll evaluate him again. So I evaluated him again. This time he did pretty well. And so he said, oh, he did really well. Okay. So he accepted him. What I didn't say was he was a fifth grader. I evaluated him with a third grade test. And I didn't, I did I gave him the answer sheet. I showed him he did like in the 80s, low 90s on a third grade test. This boy graduated. He got two awards in eighth grade by graduation. Two awards for effort and for accomplishment socially. And he walked out totally. So, is it, is it, is it, when you, when, when you change your perception is the only way to change what's perceived. It's the only way. 
you know, it's that way with everything. My first internship, I had to do a group therapy. And I went into Brookdale Hospital, into a room with eight children, teenagers, of different races and different, different denominations. They, some Hispanic, some black, some two Asian, tough teenagers that were there because they were in trouble. And I ran the group for an hour. And after an hour, the psychiatrist who was supposed to be running the group with me comes in and he goes, Oh, did I, what time? I was supposed to be here at four o'clock. I mistake him a little late. So he came late. So, okay. So my supervisor tells me, you ran the group alone? I said, yeah. He said, uh, you read their files. So, it was my job. I said, yeah, but I really didn't. He goes, you did not read their files. I said, okay, I really didn't. He goes, now go read their files and come back to me. I read their files. And if I would have read their files before I went into the room, there is no way I would have sat alone in a room with no windows with these kids. One of them slashed two people on the subway. One of them shot a person. One of them burnt down three houses. One of them used to steal jewelry off people on the subway. And they finally caught him because he couldn't get this lady's ring off her finger, so he was chopping off her finger when they caught him. No. MS. So I had the only group, I don't know if since then, that had full attendance the whole year. Because when I walked in, my initial perception was like it ran groups in yeshivas. What's your name? What are you good at? What do you like to do? Tell me something really good about yourself that you're proud of. That's how I started every group. It's like, yeah. He, he told you that he likes to steal jewelry? <laughs> no. So this guy that stole jewelry used to write rap music. And he said he likes to write rap music. And he started rapping. I don't understand a thing he was saying, but everybody else did. And he and actually, by the end of the year, he, 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 I don't know, he sold, he got two songs accepted by some, some rapper. This guy that burnt down three houses by accident, I don't know how you do that. He used to play basketball. His name was Anwar. So he used to play basketball. So I said, you know what? Why don't you go join a church league, basketball leagues? Two weeks later, he came in with four jerseys, wearing them all at the same time. Mind you, it was in August. <laughs> it was not a good thing. They wore four jerseys, one on top of the other, in August with 85-degree heat. He wanted to show me. He joined four teams. He was picked by a high school varsity in North Carolina where his aunt lives, and he moved there. So, this is, it was so funny, because he's sitting there, and 
I'm wearing my kippah the whole time. So he goes, uh, you Jewish? This is like five months into the year. So he's like, uh, why do you care? I don't know. Someone told me you're Jewish. I said, does it make a difference? He goes, I don't know. You tell me. He goes, what is it anyways? So this, this girl says, oh, it just means that they don't believe in whatever. He goes, well, neither do I. Anyways, you're cool. He walks out. <laughs> My perception of them was, was one thing. I looked at them as regular people, as potential, and they met by potential. So now, with that in mind, we go into our yeshivot. If we could perceive what we have, the diamonds, the unbelievable jewels, the future that we have in our yeshivot, these little kids, we can't be fooled by silly things they do. We can't be fooled by their misbehavior. We have to look at them and say, oh my gosh, this is a neshama, this is a Jewish soul. So he's got a little problem, she's got a little questions. Who cares? This is, this is, this is a elokami ma'al that's put into a body down here that if you think about it, how many people in the world and how many, how many Jews in the world and how, how many Jews, how many Jews that know Torah mitzvot in the world and this kid is a neshama in this family. So this is like, this is something that if we perceive kids that way, that's when they'll change. That's when they'll change. If we perceive them the opposite, then not. How can you get a first grade child to open up as to why they cheated on a quiz? He doesn't receive threats at home that if he doesn't do well on a quiz, he will be punished. There's no pressure at all to get good grades. So the answer to that question is you can't get a first grade child to open up because first grade child children really don't have much depth and they <laughs> don't know, really they, they, know what they're doing. They're not cheating. They're, I was in the, right. I, I don't like to, to use the cheating or liars they, because they don't not. have the conception. There's the imagination. Right. And they, they're egocentric. They really don't have a good handle on Mine and yours, uh, uh, yes and no, right and wrong. And if there aren't, rules aren't broken down to very simple tasks. For example, you cannot take somebody else's answer, then they don't get the idea of what cheating is. Now, if you want to know why he would take an answer from another kid they didn't know, I would say it's because there's probably a good energy in the classroom that he wants to satisfy whoever's going to read that paper. So he has a good connection with the teacher, the Rebbe, and he wants that Rebbe to be happy with him, so he wants to give that Rebbe what that Rebbe wants. So the Rebbe should know that, that he's connecting with the kid. Now, as far as what your message needs to be, it shouldn't be one with anger. It should be a a very educational message that he probably won't get at the beginning, but teaching him that we don't do things like that because we need to 
get your own answers. And you can tell them because we want to know what you know. And that's the way I would, that's the way I would perceive it. As far as opening up, a first grader that opens up is a little scary to me. But uh, the, the the word cheating, lying, and stuff like this is not it's not belong to this category, you know, to right. this uh, age. Uh, that only later, later, because they're really the imagination they're in a different world to the kids. They really are. They 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 see things totally differently, and and uh, and it's it's that's why cartoons and 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 superheroes sell with these kids because they have an ability to like to 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 like. To blur their reality. Okay. I work with a pre-1A class as a shadow. As tough as it is, I get a laugh at home on things they say. It keeps me in great mood. You're going to be a great teacher. Because if you could laugh and you enjoy what happens in school, that means that you're meant to teach. I loved and I love teaching. It's my biggest joy in life. And I and I miss it so much. But some of my best stories are from things that my kids have said and things they've taught me. And and the lessons I learned, incidentally, I'll tell you about a pre-1A child. My sister was a first grade teacher in Baltimore for actually probably maybe 40 years. She's a real Vatika. And she has a rule every day, the same thing. She says, write your name on your paper in English and in Hebrew and put it in your folder. So she has one kid every day for four months, comes up to her and says, Maura, do I write my name in Hebrew and in English? So she would say, yes. One day, Maybe she was having a bad day. So she said, no, Chinese. The kid starts to cry. I don't know Chinese. <laughs> For a first grader, you can't use sarcasm. They don't, a lot of them don't get it. He doesn't know Chinese. And if a kid does know sarcasm in first grade, that means he's probably watching too much TV. He's probably learning from the world a little too much. But, uh, but uh, I think that this person says, I would say you have to teach them by explaining to the child if someone would be, well, someone would. Full in. Full in. I wonder if the person means telling on the other children. I'm not sure I understand what that text means, but. Anyways. Maybe you call us. Yeah, why don't you call us? Yeah, call us. And talk about it. Explain to us what you what you're trying to say. We 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 like phone calls. Um, I think that one of the best things that ever happened to me in a classroom was, uh, what? I I had a uh, kid who was a really good kid, the back row. He passes a note. Now I had a rule: if a kid passes a note, I would take the note. So I kept respect as a very important thing in the classroom. So just because the kid passed the note, I, I would ask permission to read the note. That was my thing. I said, do you give me permission to read the note? 
And I would explain to him, I really don't need permission because once you do something like that, so you're you're putting something public property. But I want okay. She goes, yes, you can read the note. <laughs> so I open the note, and it says, "Dear Rabbi Cohen, I sit in the back row, and you never call on me." And I put my hand up and I have the right answer a lot of times. And you don't call on anybody in the back row. Now, I know you're going to see me pass the note because you never miss that. <laughs> so this note is really meant for you. Could you please call on me? I was so, I laughed so hard. I said, what a brilliant kid. So my present then was, I said, you can sit anywhere you want in the classroom. He said, no, I want to sit in the back row. I said, I want you to call on me. I said, okay. <laughs> so, this is, so this is, you know, these are, these are, you know. These are our kids. I'm telling you, I'm so, every time that we have show with kids and I'm amazed to see how smart they are, how, you know, how the growing up into the system, this beautiful awareness about around the society and around how them themselves and it's very rare to see kids that uh, you know behave ugly but I'm Bermet you know really I'm so impressed so many times kids calling us here and the station talking so mature so beautiful it's really and beautiful. caring and uh, it's unbelievable it shows us shows us that really that, that we, we are we are as you say yeah we really are and you know you know you know but we, I think one of the biggest tools that we can do for kids is I talk out loud at home. I talk out loud. If I have an inspiration, I talk about it. If I think something, I talk about it. And, 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 and I think that, that, you know, and, and, and I, if I write something, I read it to my kids. I share it with my kids. Then that's the whole, that's, that's how we give over. It says, it says, Masrada Yoshua, Yoshua's Kenim's Kenim. Doesn't say Limda. He taught Masra. What is Masra? Masoret. Masoret, giving it over. We all have, I'm sure Nisim, you have millions of examples in your life that became lessons of things that you saw, people that you saw, your parents, you saw do things that, that I'll never forget as long as I live. My Rebbe, Rabbi Ratman, passed away a month and a half ago. Was it Sadiq? I'll never in my life Met a person like that. He really changed my entire life. Changed the life of an entire generation. There was a group of Bachram. And this is the was he was so adin nefesh. And there was a woman that was cleaning floors in the yeshiva. And someone suspected her of stealing. So what did this Bachur do? He put a twenty dollar bill, a twenty shekel bill, under his slipper, and he left it there. Now, normally you leave your dirat in the morning for a shaharit. We generally didn't come back 
till after supper or after night seder. Unless you went back for a nap, but this dira was a little far from the yeshiva. So, so he comes back, of course, in the middle of the day. He searches, he sees it's gone. So this guy runs after this lady, little Jewish woman, grabs her, not in a very not nice way, schleps her into the rabbi's office and says, she stole my money. So all of a sudden, I was learning with the rabbi. The rabbi says, what, what, what? what? He said, she stole. I put 20 shekel under my shoe and she stole it. The rabbi started to cry. Why did he start He says, I can't believe it. She came to me this morning. She told me she needed 20 shekel to buy medicine for her son that was sick. And if I could give it to her, if I could lend it to her, and I told her I would, and I forgot. He says, I'm sure that she figured I was going to give it to her, and she figured she'd just take it, get the medicine, and when I gave it to her, she would put it back. And she looked, she said, Emmet, Emmet, that's exactly right. I was, I was, I was coming to you to, to get, to, to, to ask for the money. And that's exactly where the Bacher found her. He found her waiting outside the rabbi's office. So, this is the, 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 the and, and the, the, so he gave us a lesson on, on how, how we have to, how we have to have kavzahut and how we have to, have to look at things differently. And th- this is the, the, this is the, the whole masoret, the masoret of, of the actions. So when we see kids doing things that are right, it has to be they're watching their parents do things right. It has to be. That we don't only have a generation of beautiful kids, we have a generation of beautiful people. Must be. And, and, and I think that, that what I get, and, and I get very, very inspired by, is when you see kids who identify inappropriate things. When they're able to see that something's not nice. And identify it and say, that's not the Torah way. That's, that's, that's very, very inspiring for me. You know, I think that, uh, we always, I, I used many times the, the, the mirror effect. Just put yourself in a mirror, you know, look what other guys, you know. Right. And it's so important, you know, we, we have some, so many times, sometimes stories. That that's not so nice, and I ask the person, "Can you check really what happened? What what's going on? What is the other guy thinking? What happened? You know, you cannot just go and doing this uh, stuff, you know. But it's so important, so important and, and to to check other, other to check what what could be, you know. That's right. We had we had the, yesterday a story here in uh in you know we have the mincha and Mariv here in the radio station yeah. every day, Baruch Hashem. So we were talking about this baby Melamed Schut, and it's a, the, one of the guys here said you know last Shabbat I had the outside of my mother, and 
uh, I went to the shul and I make a big kiddush, you know, Sabbath with a lot of pay, a lot of catering and money, you know, bringing you know, up for, for the Leiloi Nishmat. Right. And my son doesn't show up. And the guy is 9 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock, 10.30, 10, 11 o'clock. His son doesn't show up. And he's boiling himself, you know, this is for my grandson, my grandmother and all this stuff. How he can do it to me. And then the son come. Son come. And he told him, where have been, you know, starting uh, boiling? I told him, I went, as I come home, as I come to the shul on the way, another shul, I was missing one person wow. for the minyan. So I stood up all day, all these two hours, wow. to, you know, to, to fulfill the minyan. Wow. So the father said, you know, I really know now what is being Melametzchut. Right. This is, you know, so he said, I won, I, I won two mitzvot. I did the altar for my mother and my son fulfilled another minyan. Wow. But this is something that you always, always just put ourselves and other people's shoes and see what happened. So many times you see that people don't think, don't consider other people. You know, I got, I got, I got some, you know, for example, just, I, I spoke about it Sunday. I don't know if you listen about it. That everything from Shemayim, but we have to look, to look on the other side. You know, I got, I got a, a very phone call about a girl that would go starting Bishiduchim and she, she met a nice boy. And the father just, on the spot, say no. Mm. I said, why? He found that the name of the boy is the same like his. Mm. <laughs> yes, I see you first. And he went, unfortunately, he went to ask also that Torah somehow. And... It was, it's unbelievable. They said, yes, you're right. And I was, I was amazed. I was, I've asked many, many other rabbis. It's not possible. Really not possible. And uh, unfortunately, it's really something that uh, it's happened. People don't think twice or three, don't think what, what happened to the, to the, this girl, this, this boy, because the name, because, or, or what, or what kind of, uh, where, where he come from, if it's Ashkenaz, Fadi, Yemenite, Parajit, you know, this is something really, uh, people don't think that the coincidence of what, what we can be later for this. You judge people without even just look at them. Just look, you know, just look what, what they have in the surface. Mm. And, uh, we There's don't. So many examples. First of all, you know that the Torah and the Mitzvot are contagious. They grow on us. They grow on us, and, and it's not... I have a friend I used to walk... When I first got married, I used to walk every Shabbat with him down Ocean Parkway, and I used to turn to go to shul, and he used to go to turn to the train. Our schedule was the same. We used to go to work, and we used to walk, and we used to talk. One... One one Shabbat, he asked me, he says, you know what, I feel comfortable. I can ask your question. He says, if I would go home 
And I would just eat maza with my kids. I would pray with my kids. And then open my store at 1 o'clock. Do you think that is hypocritical? I said, no. Why is it hypocritical? I said, go. Your kids are getting a little older. Take them to shul. And there you go. Open your store. He says, yeah, you think so? He says, I'm uncomfortable. I said, don't be uncomfortable. Our shul. But should I pray in Bet Torah? It's a, everybody feels comfortable there. It's, it's the nicest show in the whole community. So he goes, today, I don't want to say his name, but I love him. He's, he took him a month and a half before he was totally Shomer Shabbat. He has two children in Kolel. He's totally religious at, at every level. His family's religious, most beautiful people. And nobody banged them on the head. Nobody chased after them. Nobody wagged a finger at them. He just saw the beauty. He saw the beauty. And so we have to open our doors and open our hearts and open and just just let people in. Let people in. Open the heart. You know, open the heart. This is the... I want to tell you something about um, and this is something that happened to me and I was amazing. Uh, you know... I was waiting for one Friday and a mikveh, you know, and a mikveh, and I'm looking for the parking. And I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw a, basically a lady sitting in the car, waiting probably to probably to the, the her husband. And, uh, okay, the husband came. And I stand, I am standing behind a double park. And the minute the husband came, she moved away. And suddenly another car came and get in. And I really just, you know, I, I, I caught my, myself, I beeped. But I said, it's not, you know, not nice. And <laughs> I'm sorry and I, I, I apologize about it. And the girl, girl came out and said, this is my driveway. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was so, Embarrassed, I said, you know what? You know, just see where it's come from. Even, you know, it didn't sign, it didn't even send you in the mikveh over there, don't have any sign of driver or something like this. Right. But it, it was really, uh, for me, a big lesson. I, I was really apologized. I said, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. And I, I just, you know, something that I saw something that blew my mind. I asked the person her name. It was a woman. Okay. The woman, this line of traffic, and there's some people are just not considerate when they let somebody off. You double park, you pull as close as you can. This person parked like they had real spatial perception problems, <laughs> like a school bus diagonal. Triple, yeah, triple. And they, they had somebody getting out of the car. This person was older with packages. Everybody's honking. Everybody's honking. Myself included. The car in front of me, the lady gets out and goes and helps the person with her packages. She takes the old lady, helps her onto her sidewalk, brings her packages. I said, is that your grandma? She goes, no. <laughs> But she's struggling, and 
I'm sitting here. I'm going to honk her. Let me help her. I said, wow. Is that a game changer? If we would just think, instead of honking somebody, just help the person figure out whatever. You know, this, uh, the onion uh, games, I say onion game crazy. I would say that I, I barely, rarely, rarely using my own. I, I tell you, this yeah, is something I, that I, I cannot stand. I, I cannot don't. stand it because, you know, people in, in the uh, five cars behind me, they don't see what I see. Nobody see what I, in front of me also, you know, I don't see whatever there is a bus, truck stacking over there and people anking, anking. And it's so rude. It's so, it's not, it's not, it's, you just put pressure beside this. It's, you don't understand, you know. You cannot see what what maybe it's, it's you know. I'm I'm standing Avenue P and East for East fourteen over there. Yeah. And I'm standing in a traffic light, and suddenly I see a lady just fall down on the street. I never. And I jump from the car. I went to her, you know, all the face smashed, the glasses and this, and I I went to to I pick it up, I pick her up. And what happened? It was like a dent in the street over there and in the road. So she didn't see it and she fell down, you know. So I called her, I called her the 9-11 until come ambulance and everybody, but everybody just anking. They don't see what, what I'm doing, you know, just, you know, with patience, you know, and, and I, I don't understand this, you know, it's something that you don't understand this. Why you cannot just get up and help with the lady, help with see what you can do. You know, she couldn't walk, so after that we have to to call the ambulance and they took her to the hospital. But it's something that people don't see it. People don't see. People don't see and people don't think. And, and, and you know what? I don't blame people. I don't think, I think people are just so focused no, on no themselves. No, no blaming. Yeah, no blaming. But you know, this, this is a look. If you love yourself, as you said in the beginning, the Rabbi Gramilian said, you know, I'm not talking about Yirat Shamayim. I'm talking about if you love yourself, love yourself, give the other people credit because one day it's come back to you. Right. right. It cannot, it cannot, you know, and beside this, that we have a promise from the, the, the master of the universe, Kadosh Baruch Hu that say to you, if you blessing other people, if you be blessed, I'll bless you again back, you know. It's, it's it's so interesting because my my father's father, my Saba Shimon, was in Yerushalayim, learning in Bet El Mechubalim, Yeshiva Mechubalim, and he used to do Rechat Kohanim eight times a day. Wow. He had eight shuls. He used to go bekviut. He was a real Moroccan. He used to say. <laughs> You see, it's yeah. so, as many times as I can give, I can give beracha, give beracha. And my father taught me, my father's taught me, always have beracha in your mouth. Always have beracha in your mouth. Always have beracha in your head. You have the ability to generate energy. Always bless people. Always bless people. I wanted to say something about Kav Zuhut. I didn't get, I forgot to say. I have in my life things called area codes. Area code, if you want to dial a number in Brooklyn, you have to do 718. You don't do 718, it doesn't go through. 
Once upon a time, before things got so sophisticated, you didn't need area codes. You could just dial. Yeah. In Rochester, you didn't need an area code. Only if you dialed from out of town. In Rochester, you dialed just a number. But an area code is what makes it go through. So, an area code by me is when you're talking to a child and you need to criticize a child. So, a few area codes. One of them is... You know I love you, honey. But if you start a sentence with, you know I love you, but I want to tell you something, then you criticize him. What you do is you put a pillow down so when the criticism comes, it's cushioned on something. There's a kidomet. There's a When... A husband and a wife are arguing and a husband's upset at his wife or vice versa. The area code is you probably don't realize it, but or I'm sure you don't want to make me upset, but let me explain to you. Because if you take away the area code and you come in and you say, why is the shoes always in the way when I walk through the door? Uh, you say, honey, you probably don't realize it. I trip on these shoes every day. So, you know, maybe you give away the shoes. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. And you tell the kid, you always fail your tests. Okay. Honey, I love you. So it bothers me. You always fail your tests. Kid, don't I, you know what? I, I, would, I wouldn't say I would take the uh, always. Uh, I sure, take the always. Sure. I would take the always. Always is a word that's yes. never true. Exactly. And never is a word that's yes. always yeah. not true. But, but these are the these are kidomets. You, you start a sentence. If you mark, if you margil yourself, you, you acclimate yourself to say things that way. And the other trick that I want to teach the whole world that my father taught me was he was a rav. And people would walk over to him to tell him things all the time. And people had Lashon Arad to tell him. Everybody wanted to tell the Rav a story. So my father used to say, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. What he was saying was, I'm not Macabre. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm not believing it. And he didn't insult the person by saying, leave me alone. But he took care of it. He saying, unbelievable. And if we, you know, some, if we could get used to that, if we could get used to understanding of how all of these things, and, and just, listen, you know what? It depends on how you perceive something. It depends on how you look at something. If you don't, if you are allergic to things like like Lashon Hara, then you have that reaction. So, we allow people to talk Lashon Hara to us. We allow people to dump garbage on us with their stuff. Why do we do that? If someone would stand next to me and vomit on my head, would I just stand there? Or would I jump away? This is verbal vomit. It's, 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 this is, and we have we have that reaction. Yes, wow! Uh, it's always 
fun and great I and I love to, to sit here and we can sit all night and all talking night. That's right. and unfortunately we have to go and run continue the, the, That's right. <laughs> the other side of our life yeah all the other life so we, we just uh, wish all our dear listeners uh, have a great have night a great and thank, night. thank you Rabbi Dr. Simcha Cohen thank you and all the best you to all, all, all our listeners thank you for Uh, join us and thank you for the text and the calling yeah for sure great and laser don't forget next week next week <laughs> yeah don't be a stranger thank you